The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Praise the Lord. I think we should let Pastor Tafara take Ashley's place at Wealth Builders next year and let, let, and let Pastor Tafara speak. That's awesome. Man, I, I, I'm impressed. I've, uh, I've been blessed just being here taking notes and getting to meet some of you. It's been really a special treat. And tomorrow I'm going to be at Faith Hill Church, right? And uh, so I'm going to have to go figure out what I'm going to talk about tomorrow, but I call it typing my sermon out, you know, and then Cliff over here, he can't come up here with me, Cliff. Now I'm, I'm, I'm taking, I'm, he didn't know I was going to do this, but I'm taking this out of Ashley's time. Does Ashley have more time or something? Uh, So Cliff, you, you told me that you read the book. Change, Pastor Tafari told me for Tafari, and you told me last night, and then this morning. Uh-huh. So you read the Change book, yes, and uh, Change Mastery, oh, Change Mastery, yeah, and uh, and then you used it at a at a Toastmasters, yep. And somebody told me you won that contest. Well, look, I, I had an opportunity to give a presentation as I was uh, inaugurated to be the vice president of Toastmasters. So I used the Change Mastery book as part of my speech. As part of your speech? Yes. Okay. And that got me an award in the same night. You got an award for that speech. Wow. So see, if you read Change Mastery, you're going to get an award. See that? (laughs) But I think it, but I brought him up here for this reason, not for that. But, but. I brought him up because one of the things I've talked to Pastor Tafar about, and I'll go through him because he's the Pastor Tafar. Tafar is the spiritual gateway here. So, but the one thing I've I've been feeling led is many of the Karis offices across the globe now actually publish our books. So we give them permission to publish the books. We don't take any money. They just take them and publish them. They sell them. They keep the profits. But one of the things I'd like to do is get the courses uh, on the continent, here on the continent, so that you can be blessed with the material. And so I'm going to talk to Pastor Tafar about it, as well as, of course, our AWM and Karis offices. So India now prints all of our books. Uh, Uganda's printing all the books. Uh, and there's, uh, I can't remember all of them, Netherlands, uh, Germany, uh, the uh, UK now prints all the material. So anyway, but I'm saying that because in, I have a special place in my heart for Africa and uh, compared to all the other places of the world, and so I want to make sure we get this material to them. So I think you, for example, you could be like a, a seed because you took the Change Mastery stuff, used it in Toastmasters because people all over the world need to be taught the truth of the Word, amen, and how amen. to do it. Amen. So let's give Cliff a big hand. Thank you, Cliff. God bless you. Bless you. And uh, this slide, I know you can't see it real well, but this tells you how to stay in contact. I'm not sure what that sign is over there. What is that one for? What is that one? 
I've never been on Instagram in my life, but I'm on Instagram. And my office does that, okay? And then I, that one I know, Facebook, and I have no idea what that one. That must be the website. Email. Information, okay? And then that's a phone number. Okay, I got phone number. That one I got. But, and then if you, uh, Tafar mentioned this, blogs, and uh, then I think you can go to YouTube as well to follow some of the stuff. I don't know who that guy is. He looks skinnier than me, but he's up there. I don't know who that is. Uh, So anyway, this morning I want to talk a little bit, uh, continue with the laws of wealth. You guys do okay with that yesterday? Amen? And so... I just want to mention, like I did, I drew something yesterday on the seven mountains, remember that? But today, the, this is what, what I call the, the three types of money that you have in your life, if you, if you know how to relate to that. So when I, I'm going to teach on the two, two or three more laws of wealth this morning, but I want to give this to you quickly. There's really three kinds of money. One is the money that you work for. So even in Africa, Uganda, uh, or here in South Africa, uh, in Uganda, it's very hard for somebody to go get a job, right? Uh, but they, they do start what I would call an entrepreneurial business in many places of Africa that's almost necessary, but the business itself actually becomes their job. In other words, it actually becomes what we call job income. So there's money that you work for, but our goal in uh, We've already created the, con- the kingdom context for you yesterday. So here, the practical illustration, our goal is to move from just a job income. So job income could be anything you go work for, meaning you go work for somebody and they pay you, or it could be a business that you own, but you have to go work in that business in order to get paid. So in either case, you basically are still working a job. You follow me? In either case, so that's money that you work for. The goal is to get to the next place, which is really money that works for you. And in money that works for you, that is either what we would call asset income or business income that you don't have to directly work in. In other words, you, you own something like a piece of real estate that is paying you right? Or you could own, for example, in America, uh, I've done, uh, historically, I've done quite a few oil and gas type direct, what we call direct wellhead investments, that oil and gas pay me income. I call it mailbox money. Do you have mailboxes over here? You, you know what that means? Like a post box? So what that is, is you just get in your golf cart. Hey, you know what a golf cart is? You get in your golf cart and you ride to the mailbox and pick up your check. I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to get some help here today and I can't get no help. I'm not feeling any love this morning from the left side of the room trying to get some help. Right? And so this is so this is where you own something, you own something that's paying you. You own something that's paying you. And then I call this money that works without you. The reason I call it this is because here I still have to manage my asset. I still have to manage it. I have to watch it. But here, money that works without you, 
I now have enough excess in my assets in businesses or whatever that I own that somebody else is actually managing everything and this money becomes real mailbox money. I, hard, I don't even have to hardly talk to them about it. But the real key of this is that at, the, at these two levels here, I actually can begin to make city and nation impact because I now have enough resource in order that I don't need to live. In fact, L.G. Letourneau, who's the founder of Caterpillar in America, when he, when he died, he was actually giving away 90% of his income. So he was living off of 10 and giving away 90%. What the Lord showed me was I not only could give away, so if you, I'm not going to teach on the triple X factor today. I don't have time. But if you get the Money Mastery book or go take the Money Mastery course, we explain in detail what we call the triple X factor. And so this, this money that you work for, right, it correlates with the first X of the triple X. There's three X's. Money that you correlates with the first X, we teach you how to do it. Then money that works for you correlates with what we call the second X. And money that works without you correlates with the third X. Now, I know you don't know what the X's are. I already know that. But you can go either get the book, Money Mastery, and in there we call it the triple X factor. We show you this, or you can take the course. But I'm sharing that with you because the whole goal that we need to get, now stay with me, everybody with me? I don't know what the statistics are in South Africa, but in the United States of America, in the most prosperous nation in the world, only 1% of our population is here. Only 1%. Now when people get toward retirement in America, some of it gets up to 2%. It can get as high as 2%. And only one-tenth of 1% of people ever get right here. One-tenth of 1%. So what the Lord showed me how to do here was not just how to give 90% of my income, but the Lord showed me how to take some of the assets that God had blessed me with and use those assets and invest them for the kingdom of God. That's how Tricord started. Tricord started because I personally put a million dollars in the beginning, that's U.S. dollars, in the beginning to start Tricord, and today I continue to invest some of my own assets in Tricord in order to be a blessing to people all over the globe. And I do that because I'm able, we're able to do the small loans, or in some cases large loans, up to 100000 U.S. dollars that we do to help people start businesses in different places. Because watch this, in impoverished nations of the world, the problem is the lack of capital. Okay, In other words, it's hard to get access to cheaper capital or good capital. So God showed us how to do that. So now we do that both in our giving, stay with me here, as well as our investing. So we do it in both ways. Most of the time in the church, all you ever hear about is the giving. Right? Which is good because God intended for the church and the ministry to be supported from our giving. Okay? So giving is biblical. Right? But also, there's large pockets of money that are in the world that stay stagnant or they either stay 
used really for the devil's purposes. God wants to take those larger pockets of money and use them for kingdom purposes. So the revelation that God has given us that we get to live is we show you not only how to do that out of your income and resources where you can give, but also out of your income and resources where you can invest. But the investment has to do with kingdom impact, not just with buying some stock that's doing better or just a piece of real estate, but it's actually taking those investments and using them for kingdom purposes. Amen. Now, so the goal... Here is you have money you work for, but you want to start building assets. I'm not going to teach on this today. I'm just letting you know about it. You want to start building assets so you have money that actually works for you. As these assets starts growing like they have in my life, then what happens is you can get to a point where you get to do what I do, which is absolutely nothing. Right? And, you know, I've, you know, I've had people, to, you know, they say this to me, man, I'd like to do what you do. And I say, well, what is that? Well, you know, you get up and speak. Well, the truth is, right, the good news is, in fact, Andrew Womack said this to Paul Milligan and I uh, about a month ago. He said, you know what, guys, and we're, actually Jamie was in the room. So it was Jamie, Andrew, Jamie, and me and Paul. And he said, you know what, guys, I, I like you guys. We said, well, we appreciate the fact you like us because we're, we're, uh, you know, we're kind of here, right? So we hope you like us, right? He said, you know why I like you? Andrew actually said this to us. I have no idea what he's going to say, right? And, and Paul said, no, why? And he said, well, because number one, you're old. And I like, I like to get wisdom from older guys. I said, thank you, Andrew. I appreciate that. You know, I'm only 39. We all know that, right? I'm only 39, right? And then he said, and the other thing is, is that you're wealthy. And he said, you don't have to be here. You don't need to be here. So I can trust what you say. And I said, well, there's a lot of truth to that, right? You don't have to be here. You don't need to be here, right? So when you get to these places, it frees you up to do, really frees you up to do what I call what we do from the kingdom perspective. And so... This is just something that you um, don't have the time, we only have 50 minutes, but I want to share that with you. So today I want to give you at least two laws of wealth. Are you ready to get started? I'm going to give you at least two laws of wealth. How many of you are still glad you came on a Saturday? Man, look, we got people sitting in chairs. Huh? So they, more people, you mean you let more people in, Pastor DeFar, today? I didn't see the people sitting in chairs back here in the sun. I'm, I'm going to take a special offering up from that group right there. <laughs> Praise God you got in here. Okay, two laws of wealth I want to share. We're talking about the laws of wealth. Yesterday we talked about the law of stewardship, and uh, we, gave, we drew the triangles and some other diagrams. Today we're going to talk about two laws, at least. I'm going to cover at least two laws. One is called uh, the law of connection. The other one is called the law of wisdom. So these are called the laws of wealth. And so let's look for a minute uh, at the law of connection. I like I found this quote in Hong Kong uh, many years ago, and I love this quote, so I'm going to show it to you. He said, one man said, I was put on earth to get rich, to collect the money that had my name on it, and then give it all away. I love this. One man said, I was put on earth to get rich, to collect the money that already had my name on it, and then give it all away. You know, one of the things we have to understand is that God is no respecter 
of persons. And one of the ways to find the money with your name on it is to realize, and I, I thought I'd share this since Pastor Farr was talking about relationships, one of the ways that God does that is through what I call divine connections and kairos moments. Now the word kairos literally means God opportune moments. So I like to say it this way, that God has a treasure chest of, watch this, of divine connections and of God opportune moments. God has a treasure chest of those that many of us never even opened the lid on the treasure chest. The lid is shut. We have these divine connections in Kairos moments, and God has a treasure chest, and because we're not faithful, or because we're not stewarding, remember the law of stewardship, we're not stewarding what God has for us, or we're not being anchored in those places that God wants us to stay anchored, we never even open the lid on the treasure chest. Isaiah 43 says, Because you're precious in my sight and honored, and because I love you, I will give men in return for you and people in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east where they are dispersed and gather you from the west. Now tomorrow morning... At Faith Life Church, I'm going to talk a little more about this law of connection. But I want to give you one illustration, and then tomorrow I'm going to give you another one at, at the church. But one of the things that happened for me, it took me years to understand. So let me say this, and I'll talk about it a little more when I get to the law of wisdom here in a second. But, I, but, but let me just give it to you here. Many times, God sends divine connections across our path. When I was a young man, I'm still young, 39, 39, but when I was a younger man, I used to think and wonder, God, how do you cause increased prosperity, wealth to come into my, how, how do you get that to me? In other words, how, you know, how's that going to work? And I'm going to give you the two primary ways this morning that I see that. One is through what I call the law of connection. What happens, and let me just be very candid with you, if I may, for a minute. What happens with many people, God shows up in their life, and they don't even recognize it. Sometimes God will send someone across their life, but because maybe they're so taken up with self-promotion, or they're so taken up with, watch this now, with trying to just get the short-term benefit of what a relationship may provide to them, they miss the bigger picture of what God is trying to do. In fact, sometimes it's so sad that God has this whole treasure chest of divine connections, and because we don't get our heart and our, our heart and our minds right, we never even open the lid on the treasure chest of divine connections. The way I got started in real estate, um, where I really began to make money in real estate, was I was out on the east coast of America, and I went into a Chili's restaurant. Now, you may not know what that is, but there's a restaurant in America. It's, it's, just, it's more of a, just a normal place. You get hamburgers and french fries and that kind of thing. And I went into a Chili's restaurant, and I was out there actually purchasing a property for my daughter. And, and because she was going to go to school at Regent University where Pat Robertson is. 
So she was going to go to school in a master's program. And while I was out there, I asked the little waitress there that was waiting on me. I said, hey, do you know any good real estate agents out here? I was just being friendly, making conversation. And she said, you know, I don't. You know, she said, I don't really have any money to buy real estate. But my manager may know somebody. So the manager comes over to my table. He's a nice guy, and I'm talking to him. And he said, you know, there's a guy that uh, he said, uh, I, I know him from church. Now, I'm at a Chili's restaurant. I'm not talking about the Lord. I'm not talking about church. But he said, this guy says to me, I know him from church. Well, immediately my ears perk up. And so I said to him, I said, well, what's his name? He said, give me a minute. I'm going to go look, and I'll get the phone number. So he comes back, and he actually gives me the phone number. So I I pick up my phone. Uh, I had a cell phone. I picked it up, uh, and I called this number. And the other, the man on the other line says, hello. And I'm going, this can't be God. There ain't no way this is God. There's no divine. And he said, how can I help you? And I was like, "Mm." and I said, "Uh, you know what? I'm looking to buy a condo or a townhouse or something for my daughter while I'm out here. And he said, well, I don't have time to help you. I'm like, so I'm just going to hit end, you know, on the phone. And he said, but my son, he can help you. And if you'll, you know, what time do you want to meet tomorrow? And I'm thinking, I don't want to meet at all. You know, let's don't do that. (laughs) Anyway, to make a long story short, I met his son. His son ended up being a divine connection for me supernaturally for real estate. I actually made him the realtor of the year in a city three years in a row in a city of over a million population. I bought so much real estate in that city at one time. Over a course of three years, he became realtor of the year three years in a row in that city. But here's the key. I was a divine connection for him, but he was a divine connection for me. Because he showed me things, and and his dad that was rough on the phone, you know, showed me things about when I was a young man. Remember now, I'm still only 39. When I was a young man, he taught me things I didn't know in the area of real estate. So that became a divine connection in my life that opened literally the whole nation of the U.S. up to me in the area of real estate. So here's what I want you to understand. God has people for your life you have never met. And God has experiences for your life you have never had. What that means is is those God-opportune moments, God is no respecter of persons. If he has God-opportune moments for me, he has God-opportune moments for you. Now, how we steward those opportune moments is critical. So we don't take advantage or misuse people. But also, God has, watch this now, God has those divine connections that come that take you to the next level. Now, I remember one time in America, I, had a, I, uh, I uh, uh, received a phone call. And uh, I'm going to tell about the first phone call tomorrow at Faith Life. I'm going to tell the story. Is that right? Faith Hill. What did I say? Faith Life. Faith Hill Church. Thank you, Chippo, for helping me. Faith Hill Church, right? All right. And I'm going to tell this, the, the first real call I got, but I'm going to tell the second call I got. I got a call one day, um, and uh, it came on my, on my uh, 
phone, but it was from my executive assistant who I'd had for years. And uh, she called me directly and she said, listen, there's a man here that is calling about buying a business you have on the East Coast. And so I, I he picked up the phone. He said, is this Billy Epperhart? I said, it is. He said, listen, you have a business I want to buy. I said, I don't have a business for sale. True story. I didn't have a business for sale. And it wasn't a piece of real estate. It was actual a business. So there was no physical asset that was going with this business. So I said to him, I said, well, what, what, what do you, and he told me what it was and where it was. I said, yeah, I own that, but it's not for sale. And uh, I never really built it to sell it. And he said to me, he said, well, I would like to buy it. And he, I said, well, you know, why don't you, why don't you send me an email or something? And this has been quite a few years ago now, right, right about the time email first came out. And I said, why don't you send me an email and maybe we can talk about it. He said, no, he said, I'm actually prepared to buy your business now. And he said, I'm actually in Denver right now. I said, what? He said, I'm actually, true story. He said, I'm actually in Denver right now. He said, as a matter of fact, I'm only about five minutes from where you are. But he said, I'd like to meet you at such and such mall in the city of Denver he said, do you have time in the next hour? Now, that's pretty proactive, right? And so, huh? That's the nego- he's negotiating. So I said to him in my negotiating, I'm not available in the next hour. But I could meet you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. And he said, so meet me. And anyway, so we agreed. I met by the fireplace of Nordstrom store right there in a place called Park Meadows Mall. And he rolled it out, and he said, I'd like to buy this business from you for a million dollars. Remember I told you this last night? I told you about putting a million. And so I said to him, I said, well, it's not for sale. I don't even know what it's worth. I knew what I had in it, and I had very little money in this business, very little money of my own money, anybody's money. And so I said to him, well, why why do you want it? And he told me. So I went and sat down with him. And I looked at it, and so he began to negotiate. He said, I'm prepared today to give you $1 million for this business. Now, and I said, well, can I ask you a really, a really serious question? He said, yeah. I said, do you have any money? Somebody's going to offer you a million dollars. I want to know, can you pay a million dollars? So I said that. I said, do you have any money? He said, I have. Yes, sir, I have the money. So to make a long story short, we negotiated, and I sold the business for $1,053,000 cash, and we closed in 10 days from the time of that conversation. Amazing story. 10 days. Now, if any of you know anything about selling business or have any skeptics in the room or cynics, you know that's almost impossible because you can't do real due diligence on a business. Usually it'll take you 90 to 120 days to really close a business transaction. We closed in 10 days. And that's the first check. Now, I've had several of those. But that was the first one I ever took and ever put in the bank with no obligation, just free money, nothing. Just put it in the bank. And let me tell you something, folks. There's something about putting a million dollars in the bank that you don't owe anything on. There's something about that that'll just touch you in your soul. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. 
Now, what I've learned about that is most of us never even recognize divine. We say, well, nobody's ever called me and offered me a million dollars. But the truth is most of us don't realize the divine connections are the God-opportune moments that come in our life. So one of the laws of wealth is what I call the law of connection. And that law of connection, which I'll talk about tomorrow morning, that law of connection is where God brings God-opportune moments and divine connections into our life. So one of the things that I pray every day, my wife and I have seven things we pray every day. And we pray those same seven things. We speak them out. You can go on the billyapart.com. You can see the video of my wife and I teaching those seven things. And one of those things we speak every morning of our life is divine connections in Kairos moments. And we say that, God, you have divine, you have people for our life we've never met. And so every day, every day when I get up, I have my antennas out for divine connections. Now, these are not things where I can take advantage of people. That's not what I'm talking about. Or things where I can promote myself. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where God brings supernatural connection into your life. And so God will use other people. He'll use other opportunities to get you in a place where you need to go. Now, I have so many opportunities that come my way, both in the area of investing as well as other kinds of opportunities that I pray. But I remember the first time, if I just had any legitimate opportunity, I would make major mistakes because I wouldn't take the time to pray about it. So one of the things I want to encourage you with this morning on the laws of wealth is begin to speak and declare divine connections and kairos moments over your life and then let God bring them to you. Now watch this. I drew this up here on purpose. And the reason I drew it is because in my opinion, the number one thing that will take you from here to here is divine connections and kairos moments. It's those things that come to you supernaturally in your life it's the reason I'm a tither it's the reason I'm a giver it's the reason that I try to keep my heart right and walk with God where I need to be because God can change your life in a New York second New York second your life can change then the second law I want to share with you how many of you still glad you came The second law that I want to share with you is the law of wisdom. Now, this is one of my pet peeves. I have a couple of them, Pastor Tafar. This is one of them. It's called the law of wisdom. Proverbs 24 in verse 3 says, Through skillful and godly wisdom is a house, a life, a home, a family, a business, and investment is built. And by understanding, it is established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge shall its chambers of every area be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So I want you to notice the three words that are mentioned here. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Now, most Christians miss this. And I shared this yesterday morning to the pastors. Most Christians miss what I'm about to say. What most Christians do in business or in investments, entrepreneurship, in order to build wealth, what they will do when it comes to making an investment or starting a business, 
They'll run over here, over here on this side, and they'll, they'll, they'll go, God, give me wisdom, give me wisdom, give me wisdom. Well, we know James chapter 1 says, if anyone lacks, lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. But notice it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Right? I know 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30 says, Christ has been made unto us wisdom. But what most Christians want to do is they want to take a shortcut that runs them over here and all of a sudden they don't have to do anything. They're just going to come over here and ask for wisdom and think that God is going to drop it on their head like a ripe cherry off a tree. Right? But the real truth is, the real wisdom of God, especially in the areas we're talking about today in wealth building, it really starts with knowledge. And to be very specific, it starts with specific knowledge. In other words, I have to be willing to go learn something about something that I don't know anything about. Now watch this, watch this. When I begin, people ask me all the time, you know, Billy, I've got $1,000 to invest. What should I invest in? I tell them, invest in yourself. The best investment you can make is in yourself. It's in your ability. Because remember, money is attracted, not pursued. So when I get the knowledge that I need, then that which I begin to apply, which I'll teach you as we walk this out, it begins to act as a magnet that draws the things to me that I need in my life. So I call it specific knowledge. So if you want to learn, if you, if you say, I need to, you know, I'm going to invest in real estate, then you have to take the time to get specific knowledge about real estate. And let me say this to you. No matter where you do business in the world, doesn't matter, wherever in the world, there's two things you really need to understand. You need to understand liability or what we call legal exposure, and you need to understand tax consequences. So liability and taxes, if you can understand those two things, I do business all over the world every week. And in fact, Tricord, we just opened an office in the Mauritius Islands because I needed somewhere to go visit, you know. Come on back in, settle down, settle down. Really, I'm doing it because they have good tax treaties with several African countries where we want to do Tricor. And so we opened a business there. So you have to be willing to get specific knowledge. Then, watch this, watch this. Then from specific knowledge comes understanding. Understanding will never happen like it should for you Unless you get in the game. Now I know you play football over here. The real football. And I also know you play cricket. You got cricket, right? But in America, we play the, the I guess, what we call real football. But we also play baseball. You know what baseball is? So I have four grandsons. And all four of them play baseball. Right? I, they, the oldest is 13. The youngest is 6. So I got four of them right through there. 11, 8, and 6. 13, 11, 8, and 6. Now here, over here, I can show them how to hold the bat. I give them knowledge, right? Show them how to swing. Put them on what we call a tee and let them hit the ball. But they don't really develop an understanding 
of the knowledge that I'm giving them until they get in the game and start applying the knowledge that I gave them in the game itself. You got it? So once I get in the game, then I develop understanding. Now watch this. Once understanding begins to be developed, then I can step over here and I start functioning in wisdom. Now, for example, how many of you me, how many of you would like for me to look at your business idea? If you're smart, you probably would. But Sarah knows this because Sarah graduated from business school in Colorado. We tell them in Colorado in business school, we tell them, I would rather take a bad idea with a good business model more than I would a good idea with a bad business model. Because wisdom tells you you can have a good idea, but if you don't have a good business model you can execute around that idea, you will not be successful in business. How do you learn to develop a good business model? Because you get in the game. We teach you how to do it. But you get in the game and you start developing. Now, several years ago, remember I'm only 39, Isaac. But, but several years ago when I was younger, I went to Oral Roberts University. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say Oral Roberts? In America, Oral Roberts was a famous minister, right? And he started this university. So I went to Oral Roberts University to play American baseball. And so I was, I was a kind of a short, you played rugby. So I went on a scholarship to Old Roberts University. And I was a pitcher, right? I can't even pick my leg up now, but back then I, could, I was a pitcher. And so I was a left-handed pitcher, right? Left-handed. Benjaminite, left-handed. And so there were four freshmen. Freshman means first year in college. There were four freshmen that they, that they called big scholarship kids. I was one of them. There was three others. And so I was the only pitcher uh, that, that pitched from the mound uh, of the four that came. So they put all the freshmen on the field, and I began to pitch. And I threw what we would call my best fastball, right? I threw my best fastball, and the first freshman, his name was Greg Skaggs, and on about the third pitch, he hit, my best fastball, now this may not mean anything to you, right? But he hit it for six. You know what hitting it for six is in cricket? So he hit it over the center field wall. I had never, with a, back in those days, they, we had wooden bats. Nowadays we have metal bats, so balls go further. With a wooden bat, he hit it 410 feet over the center field wall. I had never seen a baseball hit that far in my life. And I said to myself, Toto, you ain't Kansas no more. Don't know if y'all got that one. So my pitching coach came out. His name was Rich Kalmus. He played six years for the L.A. Dodgers. And he came out and he said, Epperhart, talking to me, we're going to have to give you another pitch. And I said, uh, yes, sir. So he taught me in those days. Now, I know not everybody in here will understand this illustration as well, but I want to tell you. He taught me how to throw a pitch called a slider. It's called a slider. And 
he, he had me go in the dorm room and I would have to practice it. And pretty soon I got really good over a period of time, several months, of throwing the slider. And so it would help me strike people out with the slider, right? And so I remember we were playing, Oral Roberts University was playing against another school called Oklahoma Baptist. And I was pitching. I started the second inning of that game. We pitched six pitchers and each one of us started. And I went out to pitch the second inning. And the first three batters that got up to face me hit the ball really hard. Watch this now. We're talking about knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. They hit the ball really hard, and they got on base. You know what that is? Get on base? Rich Kalmus walks out to the mound, and I'm standing on the mound, and he walks out. Now, if this would have been in high school, you know what high school is compared to college. If this had been in high school, my coach would have said, throw Epperhart, throw the ball harder, faster. Rich Kalmus walks out. Nobody can hear him in the stands. And he walks out, and here's what he says. He says, show me your slider. Even the head coach doesn't know what he's saying. He said, so I held the baseball out and showed him my slider. He reached out and grabbed my hand while it's on the baseball. He held the baseball, and he turned this middle finger one-eighth of an inch. He turned it from one side of the baseball seam to the other side of the baseball seam. And the next three batters I faced, I struck them out. Nobody scored. Just with an eighth of an ounce, uh, eighth of an inch adjustment. Now I tell you that story for this reason. Is he had not only understanding... He had wisdom. He knew how to throw the pitch. Now, the point I make to you today when we're talking about the wisdom, knowledge, you have to be willing to invest in yourself and get the knowledge you need. Now, I'm not going to tell you what knowledge you need, but the Holy Spirit will show you what knowledge you need. So, for example, can, can I say this? Just because somebody has built a successful business doesn't necessarily mean they know how to build other successful businesses. It could mean that. It is possible that's true. But the point is they know how to build their business. I wish I had time. I would tell you some really good illustrations of business people I've met with. But the point I'm making is this. You have to get specific knowledge. We're talking about the law of wisdom. You have to get specific knowledge. You have to get in the game and apply that specific knowledge. And then that's when wisdom comes that you now know how to throw the slider in a real game. Now, when you ask God for wisdom, Rich Kalmus was like God coming out on the mound to me and just making an eighth of an inch adjustment. So when you ask God for wisdom over here because you've done these other things, God just reaches out and moves your hand just an eighth of an inch and supernatural wisdom comes to you so that the blessing and the increase of God will come in your life or in your business. So today, it's knowledge, right? Don't allow ignorance to to keep you back. And then, uh, I'm going to just skip over here so we, we have it, we see it. This is a verse that I love to share. Um, 
And it's in Luke chapter 19, verse 44. It's in the Amplified Classic Bible. We're talking about the law of wisdom, okay? Right? Law of connection, law of wisdom. And it says this, And they will dash you down to the ground, you Jerusalem, and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another. And now notice, I put this in red letters. This is my red letters. And, and I underlined it so you could see it. All because you did not come progressively to recognize and know and understand from observation and experience the time of your visitation. I want you to think with me for that, with that. All because you did not come. See, most people come over here and they say, well, God's just going to drop wisdom on my head instantly. Now i got wisdom. Well, God can do that. He can do 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and give you a word of wisdom. Or you can ask God for wisdom. He'll give you wisdom. But the kind of supernatural wisdom that comes is when God reaches out and makes that eighth of an inch adjustment in your life and you know how to take a deal from a certain amount to another amount or you see through something you need to see. But watch this. This says that all because you did not progressively knowledge, understanding, you did not progressively come to know, what's this now? Come to recognize and know and, and understand from what? Observation and experience. We're trying to run over here and get the wisdom of God on how to make a good, a good investment and we've never taken the time to get specific knowledge and understanding so that we know from observation and experience. So you can take me and drop me in. Now, I know this sounds whatever, but it's true. You can take me and drop me in any city in America, any city, any city, give me one hour. In the city, I've never been there, I don't have a map, I might have to use my phone, but I can go drive up in front of a house, give me one hour, I can drive up in front of a one to four unit property and tell you within 60 minutes whether that's a good investment in any city in America and have never been there before. That comes from many years of observation and experience. You give me three hours with most commercial properties, bigger properties, and I can tell you whether or not it's a good investment for you if I understand your situation. You know what that comes from? That comes from years of observation and experience so that then supernaturally God puts His wisdom on that knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, and supernaturally, the eighth of an inch adjustment comes, and I'm able to walk in it. So the challenge to you today is all good things in your life are upstream. You know what that means? Upstream. All good things in your life are at the top of the mountain. In other words, you got to be willing to climb it. The climbing is knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. You've got to apply yourself. And many times, if I can be just kind of candid and honest with you, many times Christians, many Christians don't want to do 
what it takes in order to be able to do what we're talking about today. I'm going to say it to you one more time. This will be, I think, my eighth time I've counted my mind. Money is attracted, not pursued. So when I'm living over here, I have people, and this is not a what, but I have people who throw money at me, and I don't take it. Don't, I don't. I have people every time we do a capital raise in America, they'll call me and say, I've got this or i got that. I say, you're too late. You said, you won't take my money? No, because I can't deploy your money effectively because I didn't know it was coming in to start with. But I have people, money's attractive. So when you learn to walk in the law of connection, watch this now, the law of stewardship, the law of connection, and the law of wisdom, where you do knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, then you will come to progressively recognize, know, and understand from observation and experience. What's this? When those divine connections and Kairos moments come to your life. The antennas are up. Watch this now. God will not just give you sight. He will give you insight. And it'll be through the that we've talked about, knowledge, understanding, and experience, and wisdom through that, that you'll have not just sight, but insight. So most of the time when somebody says, I got a good idea, a good business, a good investment, right? And they say that to me, I get, I get a lot of requests every week. God gives me insight. And there's some that I invest in, there's some I don't, right? Some I invest in just out of charity. Some I, but those I invest in where I want to return, I'm investing with insight to understand and know. Can you say amen? So this morning, how many of you are still glad you came? Hallelujah. So this morning, I want to pray for you. All right? So listen, I said this last night when I prayed. I want to say it to you now. That you're only about a half a step or a step away from what's next in your life. It's not, some of you feel like it's 10 miles away. It's not just 10 miles away. Right? It's usually a half a step to a step for what's next that God will take you through. And so today I want to pray now here beyond where we prayed yesterday. And I want us to believe God for the supernatural. Can I say this? Can I say this to you? Some of you already have wisdom about some things. So all you have to do is James chapter 1 and ask for wisdom. Some of you don't have wisdom about some things. Listen, I want to say this as I pray. I had no idea that I was going to be helping a ministry, which today is right out a $100 million a year ministry in America uh, called Andrew Walmart Ministries and Karis Bible College. I had no idea that I was going to be doing what I do. In fact, my, my new friend here, Kenneth Copeland Ministries, right, your boss, I met James McClintock, I met um, uh, four or five years ago now, who, who 
who comes in. We have all, many of the global ministries will come to Karis Bible College in Colorado and we host them. So Kenneth Copeland's ministry was there uh, this year, Jesse Duplantis ministries, uh, Rick Renner's ministries, even, uh, even uh, Charles Stanley was there. And we had others that came. They all come. And I had no idea that the years that I was spending, I thought, honestly, I thought I was doing it. I didn't realize it, but I here I was doing it for selfish reasons. There was no noble God thing, but God the whole time was taking me uh, along the path. And today, now, I have the opportunity and the privilege, the privilege of being able to sit in the seats where I sit now, for example, with Andrew Walmart Ministries, meeting with the ministries from around the world that come to the Karis campus. I have that privilege and opportunity. I didn't know it, folks. I had no idea. I didn't see it coming, right? I did not see it coming. And I'm not kidding. This is true. I know this sounds a little self-serving, but I'm going to say it. So you, I'm not kidding. I, there is no way I can go to the speaking places that I get invited to go. I physically can't do it. It's impossible. You just can't do it. But today, I go the places that God puts on my heart that I feel presence about, right, that I feel in my spirit I'm supposed to do. And I felt in my spirit I'm supposed to be here with you in this meeting. Truthfully, it's the truth. So I believe there is an impartation. This is not just teaching. I believe there is a spirit of impartation that's here. And you have to receive it, connect to it at whatever level where God has you. But you, you connect to that at whatever level. And I believe today we're going to walk out of here and there's going to be some supernatural things that are released in your life. I want you to stand with me, would you, right now? And I want us to pray. Let's, let's really press in here and hear the mind of God and the purpose of God. Father, right now, I pray. I stand in the authority of the name of Jesus. And I stand on the authority of the Word of God. And I declare today that you, God, you are no respecter of persons. I declare today in the name of Jesus that we're all in this place today out of divine purpose. And so I speak that today over your people. And Father, I pray today that there would be in the name of the Lord Jesus a spirit of impartation of wealth and increase over this group today. I pray that supernaturally you would release into them and over them all of the purposes of God. For some, that may be a divine connection, somebody they've never met. For some of them, it may be a Kairos moment, an experience they've never had. For others, I believe there is a supernatural uh, ability and abilities, plural, that are being released in this house. Let there be that spirit of impartation over increase and wealth today as I pray over them supernaturally, we believe it and we receive it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's rejoice. Hallelujah. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.